We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf. Because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. Man, my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Young Contested Podcast. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and this episode is a very special episode. Um, I got the opportunity to go meet with the mayor of Oklahoma City, Mayor David Holt, and sit down and have a conversation with him about Thunder basketball, um, about his book, which chronicles the rise of Thunder basketball and how the the team originally got the got the the city originally got the team. Um, it was a really really awesome conversation. Mayor Holt is an awesome guy. He was very accommodating, really nice. Um, it was a great time. It was a great podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and patch it over straight to that interview and let you guys check that out. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and go and tweet at Mayor Holt and tell him that that you just appreciate him coming on the podcast and giving his perspective um, because it's really, really cool. I think you guys will really enjoy this one. So, uh, so here you go. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Jacob Niffin with The Uncontested. In this episode of the Uncontested Podcast, joined by a very special guest. He's worked at the White House under President George W. Bush, offered the book Big League City, OKC's Rise to the NBA, 
youngest mayor of a major city in the U.S. and the youngest mayor of OKC since before World War II, Mayor David Holt. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks awesome. for having me on. Hey, thank you so much for uh, for finding time in your schedule. We really appreciate it. Sure. We've really uh, really been looking forward to this to sitting down and chatting with you a bit. So. Yeah. Well, me too. You know, talking about the Thunder is about as as good as my day gets. Hey. So. Same. Same. <laughs> um, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. Before we talk about the Thunder a bit, I have a few uh, general basketball questions for you. Okay. Um, well, it's two points unless you're beyond the line, and then oh, that's three points. You know, they're talking about putting and a four-point line in. <laughs> oh, I terrible. think that, that that's, that's cheating stupid. for Steph Curry, right? <laughs> um, so we okay. know... Different kinds of basic basketball yeah. questions. Okay, got we, it. Uh, we know you're a Thunder fan. Yeah. Um, how long have you been a hoops guy, though? Well, um, you know, my dad was not really into sports, and so I didn't really get into sports um, as a fan or a participant really until late in my high school years. I went to PC North here in, in Oklahoma City. Same place Sam Bradford went to, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm a little older than him. So we weren't there at the same time. But um, it was my junior year of high school. I was, I mean, I played, you know, like kitty league stuff or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't like uh, on a national touring team or anything, but, you know, I, but I, I never played in, in my own schools. Um, but, uh, my junior year, I became the, the student council spirit vice president. So I was responsible for the pep assemblies. And so okay. that was when I, my fandom for sports finally was kindled. And I, um, and I think it was our senior year. We had a really good basketball team. We were number one, uh, most of the year. And so I was definitely into that and following it closely. And, um, and then, uh, and then by the time I made it halfway through my time at college at George Washington university, I was the sports editor of the GW hatchet. So I had gone in from like, in like a four year period from someone who had never so much as seen a super bowl <laughs> to somebody who was the, uh, the sports editor, uh, of a, of a college paper that had a division one team that has had its moments. And so GW, um, Tom Penders was the coach when I was there. Well, first Mike Jarvis, but Tom Penders was the coach when I was uh, when I was covering the team and, uh, yeah, those were Shante Rogers. I mean, you'd have to really be into college hoops for, for a long time to know any of these names, but, um, but this was, this was sort of my first real experience. Um, I can even remember, interestingly enough, I can remember the night I got the call that, uh, probably on like a, you know, hard line cause we didn't have cell phones then this would have been the late nineties or so. And, uh, got the call that, uh, the Sonics were practicing over at the Smith center where GW played, you know, okay. G- GW is, uh, all kind of right there in downtown Washington, DC. So very urban campus. So, you know, my dorm would have just been, uh, my dorm or apartment, whatever it was at the time would have just been, a, a you know, a few blocks away. So I, I have pictures, you know, that I took with a camera. Those are those are those things that don't make phone calls that yeah. just take pictures, <laughs> and uh, and I have pictures of of the the Sonics practicing at the Smith Center circa, you know ninety nine two thousand or so, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how that all came how that all comes full circle. But uh, yeah, I was an NBA fan. Um, I rem- I I still I mean there's a lot of things I associate with nine eleven because I was working for the Speaker of the House and I was living in D.C. and all of that, but I can also tell you that the night before 9-11, Michael Jordan announced he was coming back to play for the Wizards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So you were there in D.C. when that happened. Yeah. Uh, among other things that were happening in D.C. Yeah, at that yeah, time yeah. Was, was the return of Michael Jordan. And 
So what I was thinking about the night before uh, the the worst attack on on American soil in American history was was Michael Jordan's big announcement and how I was going to get tickets, you know. And Very uh, nice. <laughs> and that had that had broken the night yeah, before. Yeah, and then uh, on nine ten two thousand and one. So that got spoiled pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. But I got to see Michael Jordan play. So I, you know, I was in high school when he played for the Bulls, and I lived in Oklahoma City. So I mean, I wasn't. But that was kind of you know I'd say the Bulls were probably my first team right about that time that I was becoming a sports fan the Bulls were you know doing what they did and um, and so I was kind of following that and you could listen I remember uh, you could pick up like an AM station out of Chicago here in Oklahoma City sometimes and listen to the games I mean you, you didn't have what we have now I mean it, you know yeah now we're so no spoiled. league pass yeah I mean it's so spoiled now you can watch every game on television you know back then you, you didn't have the there was you know an embryonic internet so you didn't have the ability to like try to listen even listen to a radio broadcast of your favorite team yeah. if it wasn't locally you know so anyways i followed the bulls kind of through that and then I became a little more of a wizards fan living in dc came back here moved back home in 2004 went to the wizards lakers exhibition game at then ford center in uh, 2004 they curtained off the upper deck because they couldn't sell, even though it was oh, Kobe wow. Bryant, they yeah. couldn't sell any tickets beyond the, the first two wow. levels. And the last thing on your mind at that moment would be like, yeah, I'm sure we could fill this place, you know, 41 nights a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just it goes to show you the, ex the difference between it being your team and, and just being, you know, just 18. 18, yeah. you know. And so, um, so it was only a year later after that, you know, relatively – you know, a lackluster performance there from our fandom that we were hosting the Hornets and, you know, blowing the roof off the place. So, but yeah, my, my sports fandom was relatively late in life compared to most other, you know, red blooded American males. But, uh, but it, it was, uh, once it arrived, I was, I was all in on, on sports and I've all, and I've long loved the NBA and, and certainly thrilled when, when all this started to kind of come together for Oklahoma city, I was not working for Mayor Cornette, uh, when the Hornets arrived, but I bought a, a game plan, not a season ticket package, but maybe like a 10 games or something or half season. I can't remember what it was up in Loud City, had that for those two Hornets years. Um, and then in that in the middle of that first year, I went to work for the mayor. And so by the time the Thunder arrived, I, I was I was I've been a season ticket holder um, down in Section 118, all these all these. 10 or 11 seasons. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So uh, you kind of segued perfectly into my next question. So yeah. you uh, you got your undergrad at GW mm -hmm. up in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, you, you just said you went to some Wizard games. Yeah. Uh, how, does, how does that D.C. atmosphere, Wizards games, compare to uh, what's going on here in Oklahoma City? Yeah, well, I guess I, I, I sometimes I've tried to think how many different places I've seen an NBA game. I guess it's, I don't know, half a dozen maybe. That's maybe. pretty cool. That's, that's on my bucket list is to go see games in, in yeah. other cities. Well, and what I can tell you is, yeah, it is from all my experiences, relatively limited, but from all my experiences, it's just night and day. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma City's audience is, is so different. Um, you know, a typical NBA crowd is kind of late arriving, um, socializing for most of the game. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, maybe turn it up, you know, if there's a tight contest in the last five minutes. You know, yep. they, there may not be much difference between a crowd in Oklahoma city in the last five minutes and a crowd in a lot of other places, but it's the other, you know, 90% of the game that, that Oklahoma city rises above. 
um, you know, we can, and, and you know, and, that, and that's evolved. I mean, you know, we might have, sometimes there's days when I think maybe we're a little, we were a little better in year two than we are in year nine or whatever, but, yeah. you know, but, and that's fine. You know, that's, and that's part of the reason probably what's happened in other cities, but we're still pretty, we're still as a fan, uh, as a, as a crowd, I think we're still operating at a pretty high level and, um, and definitely throughout a game, um, you know, it, it's closer to a, what is a playoff atmosphere in other cities, I think. And we still haven't gotten completely jaded yet. And that's fun. And that makes yeah. it I, I, when people visit, I say, I always hope you can go to a Thunder game because it really is a it's a unique NBA experience compared to other places, and especially Washington. Yeah, it's a it's a tomb in there. Nice, nice. That's uh, and hey, they play Washington tonight, so <laughs> yeah, that, timely, uh, yeah. that yeah, very timely. Um, okay, last general basketball question I have for you. Um, so you are a sports fan. Mm -hmm. uh, you're young. Mm -hmm. You're you're relatively in shape. Um, uh, <laughs> you 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 play pickup hoops. I think uh, yeah. Um, I would love to. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I've been busy for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah. I mean, my my son. Um, uh, who is almost nine plays at solid rock and uh and um and my daughter's starting to play she's playing at crossings right now and um you know so most of my life at this point seems to be funneled more through them than for sure than for myself but um yeah i mean i i enjoy playing basketball um i just yeah i, d I i've never really hooked up with like a regular wednesday night crew or anything like that for sure i just don't even yeah i just between all my multiple jobs and my family and everything. Busy it's, man. It's not been a good season of my life, but it does occur to me occasionally. I think, you know, my, my, uh, active years are going to like pass me by. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, this is not so, playing pickup basketball is not something you can put off and do when you're 65, yeah. you know? So I'm trying, uh, I, I do, I do think of that from time to time. Okay. Very good. <laughs> do you, uh, a, as a, as a basketball player, do you have like, what type of player are you? Are you a shooter? Are you a trash talker? <laughs> No, I mean I don't play enough to uh, to even have an identity. Probably, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm definitely not a trash talker. No, okay. I've always you know that would uh, that'd be entertaining. You know, mild. Yeah, um, I, I would love to play more ball to where I could establish an identity. I don't know. I, I yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe your uh, your nine year old son's friends will let you uh, get a couple pickup <laughs> games. You know. Yeah, I mean he's yeah we're we're getting, pump the confidence a bit. He's he's pretty good. We're getting to be old enough yet, yeah, or where I, I I'll. I'll kind of dog it for a few minutes, and he'll get up like six nothing. We're playing a ten, and I'll think like, okay, now I'll make my comeback, and I'll still let him win in the end, but we'll make it like eight eight or something. And then, I, and then all of a sudden, it, like I lose ten to two, and I'm like, whoa, I was trying, to, <laughs> I was gonna like, I wanted up. to make it competitive. <laughs> that jump shot's getting a little bit too good. That's funny. Um, okay, so on to some some thunder stuff. So uh, a little bit before the podcast, we were talking about your book, Big League City. Mm -hmm. Um, in reference to Oklahoma City being put on the map after the uh, NBA franchise moves here. Uh, can you go a little more into depth for people uh, like me who have not read your book yet? Kind of yeah. uh, the, the idea behind it. Well, um, so I was Mick Cornette's chief of staff um, for, for five years from early 06 to late 2010. And um, this was, you know, I arrived in that first Hornet season. And then, you know, by the time I left, we were, you know, in the in the playoffs and with the thunder. And so that was all kind of that transition. And, and I was, I left the mayor's office cause I was elected to the Senate. And so that was where I spent the eight years in between my, my two stints at city hall. And as I, as I entered the Senate, um, I had kept pretty good notes because the, the story was relative, was pretty complex about how we got the thunder, like a million things had to go right. And there were all these different threads, you know, there was the Hornets thread, there was a the Seattle thread, there were things going on in Oklahoma city. 
And um, I had kind of, as the mayor's chief of staff, felt it was sort of my my necessity to kind of kind of keep keep track of this. And I kind of started with creating like a chron uh, a chronology, you know, of it, and and then just sort of filed that away, you know, and moved on with my life. But as you know, it kind of turned to 2011 and 2012. I I started to think, you know, um, this was a pretty important. This was to me like the most important. Um, single event, positive single event that had happened in the history of our city since like the land run. I mean, because if you believe the theory, and I do, that that having a major league sports team is kind of how we differentiate our first tier cities in America from everybody else. Um, there's there's only a couple dates that matter. There's the date when you are born, which we actually have an actual date. Most cities, yeah, just sort of a, a slow progression. You know, we actually have April twenty second, eighteen eighty nine. And then there's the date when you, you know, when you truly become a major league sports city. And there's two or three you could kind of point to in our journey, but certainly the final one would have been tip off of the regular season in 2008. Um, and I just felt like that whole story leading up to tip off of the regular season in 2008 was so interesting and so complicated um, that it that it was a, be a shame for it never to be told. And I was somewhat surprised uh, probably by about 2011, three years after the team had, had uh, for formally and finally arrived, um, that nobody would written that book or that really, really long magazine article. And, uh, and so I just decided to do it. And it was somewhat simple for me because I had, I had lived it and I had, and I had kept notes. And so I just kind of, I worked, I went to uh, Full Circle. Jim Tolbert is the owner of Full Circle Books. And he had, by that point, had already published two or three local interest kind of history books. Um, and, and, and that's the way I wanted to do it. I didn't want to, like, self-publish it. I wanted it to actually be somewhat a real book and, and be published by a publisher. And so, so he thought it was great. So, uh, so he published it and, and, um, and uh, it came out in, right, actually just a couple months before we went to the NBA Finals. So it was great timing. And, and uh and and I was just pleased that that record now exists forever, you know. And, yeah. And two or three high schools have at different times made it their curriculum. And oh, that's cool. Um, and you know, it's it's definitely a uh, a great entry point for people interested in the city if they just move here. I mean, because it, ostensibly it's the story of the Thunder arriving, but to tell the story of the Thunder arriving, you have to exp you have to tell our whole sort of comeback story starting in the mid '90s, and so it's all of that's in there. And um, I'm told it's a it's a quick and good read, so nice. I, I I look forward to your review when you when you get definitely. The chance. We'll I, think, uh, I think two two long nights you could have it knocked out. Awesome. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get the rest of the podcast guys on it. We'll do a, a little podcast <laughs> do a book, book review. Yeah. We'll do a book club. <laughs> Very good. Um, so so you were working with Mick whenever the the thunder eventually arrives here. Yeah. Um now you're in the office as mayor of Oklahoma City mm -hmm. where he was. Mm -hmm. Um but now instead of the inaugural season we're at season 11. Mm -hmm. Um what's what's the the biggest differences you see? How 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 has it progressed from um you know writing the book and and being there uh, working under Mick back then to now being mayor of Oklahoma City and and seeing kind of the the seeds that were planted back then start to uh, come to fruition. Yeah, um, you mean specifically in regards to to the thunder? Or yeah. Just well, well, there? both, 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 both the thunder and then how uh, that idea of the thunder has kind of shaped the identity of the city. Yeah. Um, well, what's been you know what you couldn't have predicted in two thousand eight 
all we wanted, you know, was to just be in the game, be in the conversation. As I write in the book, not to be in an alternate universe outside of American pop culture anymore, which is where yeah. we had been, you know. And uh, and and so, if nothing else, it was cool to think that other famous teams would come here, you know. Like, I mean, that was the initial thing. Was just like, wow, the Celtics and the Knicks and the yeah. Lakers will. Yeah, you're gonna bring here, Kobe you know? Bryant in here. You're gonna bring yeah, Paul Pierce yeah. in here. So what we couldn't have predicted was that we would be so good for a full decade. I mean, I think uh, I, you know, I hear stats, you know, like I think we like the greatest winning, you know, regular season winning percentage of any of any um, major league sports team of all sports, other than maybe the Patriots or something. Yeah. I mean, like it's. It's really kind of remarkable. And and when you I mean, you've probably had a podcast on this, but sometimes I'll play around and, and make like my all time OKC first team and second yep. team. And I mean, you could get all the way to the third team before you, you run out of like Hall of Famers. I mean, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, even especially when you throw in the Hornets and you can add in Chris Paul and uh, Paige Stoyakovich. I mean, yep. you know, there's no minimum time they had to be here for it to count. And uh and, um, you know, it's really it's really amazing. We've had an incredible run. And so so beyond just it would have been nice to just have a team, but um, to have one of the, the best teams, the most high profile teams to really be a, not just a, a little bit player in American pop culture, to be a major part of American pop culture the last 10 years has been a thrill and clearly pays major dividends that are sometimes hard to quantify. But, um, you know, you're just you're just. You're a part of the conversation in a way that everybody starts to recognize in a way maybe they didn't before that this is a place they could consider living. This is a place they could consider doing business in. This is a place they could consider visiting. Um, and, and, and when I, you know, when I left in 1997 to go to college in D.C. and I told people from I was from Oklahoma City, it was just a blank stare, you know, other than the bombing. You know, yeah. I mean, like there was it was not that we were made fun of. We were ignored, you know, and that was worse. You yeah, know? it's better to be like the. The like, you know, oh, that that backwater NBA city that doesn't have a good a, enough good nightclubs or something. You know, that's that's far better than to just be you're from where? I'm sorry. Is that yeah. where is that? Where is that? You know, like, I mean, and um, and so we've come so far and 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 to see just the I just I never tire of seeing a picture of Russell Westbrook in Shanghai with like a thousand people behind him holding up Oklahoma City signs. Yeah. You know? I mean, th that kind of stuff is so remarkable for anybody who grew up here. Um, I, I, and that's partly why I wrote the book was to also sort of take you back in a time machine to that moment and 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 what it was like to live here because obviously my kids have never known a city without an NBA team. They'll just assume that 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 like getting to go down and you know high five the players as they come out is just part of part of being a kid or something. Yeah, it certainly yeah. wasn't part of being a kid in Oklahoma City in the '80s, you know. <laughs> and uh, you'd be excited to meet a Blazer player, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's a it's a it's an it's a remarkable thing that's definitely changed the way we see ourselves, the way others see us. I think it's 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 a it's a driver of our economy and our our tourism industry and and it changed every aspect of Oklahoma City life. Because, again, it for better or for worse, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, sports are so uh, important to the American psyche. And if you're a participant uh, in major league sports, it's, 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 it, it sets you apart from, um, from those, the other half of the United States that aren't. And that's, and I think in my book, I kind of quantified that it was like about half the United States lived in a Metro that had a major league sports team for oh, wow. four leagues and about half the people of America did not. And I know what it feels like to live in both places. Yeah. <laughs> so it gives, it get, yeah, it gives us kind of that interesting perspective of living both sides, you know? <laughs> 
Um, so you talked about like Russell Westbrook in Shanghai, like people mm-hmm. holding up Oklahoma mm-hmm. City signs. Um, would you say Russell Westbrook is one of the most, if not the most, uh, person from Oklahoma? Well, he's not from Oklahoma City, but yeah. we, we would consider him an Oklahoma now. I think you ask any Thunder he's fan. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. <laughs> so w- would you consider him the most influential uh, Oklahoman past 20 years, 50 years, ever? Well, I mean, it, 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 I guess it depends which where you're where the influence is being exerted. But if you're talking about just being known as an Oklahoman um, and associated with us, yeah, I mean, he and and uh, and and he who shall not be named are <laughs> are clearly the two most famous people of the last fifty years. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to go back to Will Rogers. Yeah, probably. that's what that's what that was my <laughs> thought was Will Rogers, right? <laughs> you know, that's that's how far back you'd have to go to identify. I mean, maybe uh, Barry Switzer and you know, yeah, the, okay. the prime of the Sooners or something like that. You know, I mean, but that's how rare it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. And even then, I would argue um, college football doesn't exist outside of America. Yeah, I was know? about to say internationally, so, it's a so, different game. So internationally, I think we just can't even wrap our minds around the idea that there's like a billion Chinese who know who Russell Westbrook is. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, maybe may even if it's 300 million. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just insane. Yeah, we're, we're a participant in a global sport. Um, that, that yeah so really i mean i guess you could even argue that yeah he's more famous than barry switzer ever was or or uh will rogers ever was because this is a global enterprise in a way yeah that nothing that we'd ever been a part of before was and uh, so yeah no now now i mean he, he hasn't exerted influence uh when you say influential i mean he, you know there's local politicians and governors and things who may have exerted more influence in our own community but for I sure suppose if he wanted to he he might uh, he might be able to yeah yeah <laughs> um do you have a th- favorite thunder moment like something either either a game you were at or just a, a time in the in the past 11 seasons Gosh. um not not really as a from uh, a public servant's perspective yeah, but sure, just just a, as a fan perspective well i mean um i don't know i mean that's a great question um one thing I want somebody to do, can I just put this out here? Yeah. Is I want somebody to write a narrative um, of every season <laughs> that especially highlights um, all the games that we, that somewhere in our memory banks we all have um, memories of, but we, you know, that all becomes a blur, mm-hmm. you know? But like if you started to tell me the story, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I totally remember that game. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was amazing, you know? And, um, but you can't possibly remember. Fifty different buzzer beaters, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, but if you, but if I would love to read that um, uh, someday, if somebody would put that together, uh, you know, kind of, because it it does seem like they start to become a blur. But so all of that would it becomes could, a blur for us. Can you imagine players? <laughs> you know, like oh my gosh. So I would love. So all of those moments that we all cumulatively have in our memory bank somewhere certainly come to mind. I mean, of course, you know, there was nothing like going to the NBA Finals and. And, you know, it takes on more consequence uh, as the years go on when when what we thought was our first of like six trips. became yeah. Our only trip. And um, and um, and so and, and though, you know, you never know in the next five years that you could go back, but it wouldn't be with it would be kind of a different iteration of the team, you know. And so it turns out that team, you know, only went once. Yeah. And um, so that's you know, that's clearly a special memory. Um you know that first playoff run, and everybody says this. I feel like this is on a lot of people's lists. Is is uh, that that first playoffs in the second season when you took the Lakers to six games, and then they 
they won that that sixth game on a buzzer beater and and you know the team applauded our you know fans applauded our team and you know i mean that was that was special um i actually um particularly uh remember that new year's eve game in the first season you know i remember so we were three and 28 i think it yep. was and, yeah. and i was at the <laughs> oh new we year's remember <laughs> <laughs> i was at the new year's eve game and uh was going afterwards across the street to the flaming lips concert there was a two oh, okay there was a multi-year period there where the lips were playing a new year's eve show at the cox center and um and so i remember going to the game we won. I just remember how that. I don't know what about it. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at like the schedule and the out and the scores or something. It did. Fi- it just felt even in the moment like a turning point. It felt yeah. like maybe it was the. I don't know. Maybe it was the first of the four wins we had that we had. Maybe it was our biggest margin or something. I don't know, but it just felt different. And I remember going across the street and like, I think we turned it around. Like that was amazing. We won. Can you believe it? We won. I mean, when you've lost. 28 games by yeah. New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't even comprehend that today. We don't even win. You know, we don't if the win. team loses 28 games this season, people <laughs> might be hitting a panic button, you know? So. so 28 games before the turn of the year, it was just, I mean, just imagine how brutalizing that is, you know? And so I guess any win just felt like you'd won the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. So um, I remember that, and people still talk about that. It, it was not just me who obviously felt that was a different, that was a moment, you know, because I mean, we were, there was like a lot of news media about us setting the record for, that we were going to set the record for like most the worst losses, team yeah, ever, worst team ever and all that, you know, and so we, we ended up not getting close to that. So that was definitely a, a great moment. Um, but there's been so many, you know, through the years, that's what, you know, that's why it's fun. I mean, you yeah. know, that's, that's the whole point. I mean, even... <laughs> I mean, even just in the last, even then, as we sit here, they've played, you know, seven games, and there's been epic moments and all of that. That's why it's such a great game. I mean, it, it's why it's better, I would argue, even than than college basketball because the the swings are so dramatic. Yep. You know, I mean, you're never really out of a game. It seems. And I mean, last night to be as we sat here talking that we, it was the Charlotte game, and we were down 19 in the third, and like that's. In college basketball, it's, you, you're done. That's you, a nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah. you're not coming <laughs> go, back from that. Start the bus, you know. Yeah. But uh, but like, yeah, we won the game, you know. And that, um, you know, the, certainly last year's because this is more fresh on my mind. But that game against the Jazz kind of saved the season because it was like for me, anyways, because you know it gave us a great memory, which is yeah. what this is all about, right? I mean, we don't if we win the NBA championship, we don't get like more. We don't each get a payment or something. Yeah. We don't, get, we don't conquer territory or anything. It's just, it's just memories. Yeah, you know? for and sure. So, for so sure. To me to have that amazing 25 point comeback in the third quarter of, of, uh, of game five last year against the jazz. Like that was like, okay, good season. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment. I can, was, I can, that, I can nurture that one. Through that was one of the loudest moments I've ever heard that arena too. <laughs> that place was, the, yeah. the the second quarter was dead silent. Well, and what was great about that was in the third quarter, because it started out bad. Yeah. Um, people were leaving. And I thought, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Um, leaving a playoff are, game. People are leaving the third quarter of a playoff game. Yep. And I thought this is as dark as it's ever been. Like, and then, and then within the same quarter, not the same season, series, game, in the same quarter, you had like the loudest crowd you said you've yep. ever heard. I mean, that yep. was as good as it gets to go to basically, I would argue, the darkest moment in Thunder history to one of the greatest moments in Thunder history all in the same quarter. Yep. I mean, we we, we want to talk, you talked about crazy swings, <laughs> exhibit A. So there's a good memory too. Yep. I could go on and on. But. Um, so 
you um, recently declared uh, about a month ago, October 8th, as Indigenous Peoples Day in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, you uh, you do have some Native American ancestry, yes? I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a tribal member. I'm a, I'm a member of the Osage Nation. Okay. So yesterday, uh, it's been leaked for a while, but yesterday, yeah, right, Oklahoma City drops uh, their, their new quote-unquote city edition uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma City in collaboration with Nike. Uh, the teal blue jerseys that pay homage to the the native population mm-hmm. uh, here in Oklahoma and the, the native history. Um, what are your thoughts on those jerseys? But both like aesthetically and um, the message behind them. Yeah, I love it both. Um, and and you know I ran on a platform of really incorporating the diversity of our city into our decision making process. And you know we're a we're a city where sixty percent of the kids under the age of eighteen are non-white, and we have not always. Um, uh, you know, allowed all communities within our city to be a part of our decision making, yeah. and, and 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 that's not just ethnic; it's it's geographic. You know, the the South Side and Northeast have always had a legitimate complaint about being left out of the conversation. It's also it's also gender. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the Oklahoma last week uh, reported that ninety percent of our city boards and commissions are white, but they're also seventy percent male. You yeah. Know? So we're we're not allowing we haven't been allowing women to be a part of the conversation, and um, and then age diversity we also need to work on. So, um, so all of those things have been on my mind, and and um, we had you know we'd rejected Indigenous Peoples Day for several years, and. Um, and you know, to me, that was, that was an uncomfortable place to be when you're the capital of a state that's the home of 39 native tribes. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to resolve that and, and make it, you know, as positive as possible. And it seemed like that was mission accomplished. The the reaction indigenous people's day was overwhelmingly positive and, and I'm the first native mayor of the city. Um, and so I, I, I had seen the leaks through the last few months of, of the jerseys that, uh, um, you know, were, were put out there, I think, you know, just kind of yeah. creates a buzz or at least get ahead of, you know, some sort of inadvertent video game leak or something that's <laughs> probably going to happen anyways. And, uh, and so, um, and so I, um, was thrilled though when it became official this week and yeah, I, I, I like that the thunder clearly took care to do this as well as they possibly could. You know, I don't want people to ever get in so scared to honor different heritages that they just don't, you know, like they're, yeah. they're so scared that they're going to, to mess it up that they just ignore. For sure. Culture, yeah, no, I totally know? get and that. So, and so I think they're, I, I respect and appreciate their intentions, their effort and their final product. And, and I, there's a little video they put out, you know, about four minutes long and the, you know, the designers native and, and, and they definitely did everything they could to try to be, sensitive culturally sensitive but do it you know yeah and, and still honor um still honor this important community in our city and in our state and uh and then yeah aesthetically i think they're awesome so i i i think it's a i think it's uh for me i think every native person has to make their own decision but for me i'm pleased and and appreciate it and 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 think it's it's really special and and uh, a great idea and definitely uh, a, a smart thing for for the team to do in a state with this kind of um, native heritage and it's nice to see as a community with the american indian cultural center coming and all this other stuff that maybe we're having a little bit of a moment here uh for native culture in oklahoma city which uh, i think is long overdue very good very good um last question before we get out of here while we're we're on the the topic of the jerseys Mm -hmm. um do you have a favorite jersey Is, is this it well this may be it but um until you see it on the court 
<laughs> I will. If say, they wear them and they lose every game, it's not going to be your favorite jersey. <laughs> you know what? I have a, I have a, I have a good answer for you because okay. it is it is a it is a niche answer that um, um, I don't know why they didn't wear this. Uh, I don't know if they even wore it more than once. I really like. I think it was a Christmas Day jersey that Thunder was written in a script. Yep. Like the, uh, the white jersey with the blue script. Is that right? Or is in that, my what, mind, what, it's blue with it, white. blue with white. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. The, yeah, Thunder's written in a cursive script, um, and I, I'll the only way you'll see it occasionally is like somebody wearing it to a game or something. Yeah, I think they wore it they, once, if that, you know. And uh, that's one of my favorite jerseys um, through the years. You know, I, you know, I like the classic too, and and I'm 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 I don't see any need. You know, I'm sure there. I, there's probably a day somewhere where they're going to change the logo completely and change yeah. everything, you know, that, Do that a happens rebrand. to most of the teams at mm-hmm. some point. Um, my guess is it would be aligned with a total meltdown of the roster as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't change the logo until Russ is gone, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I think it's fine. You know, there was some griping at the very beginning, like it wasn't original enough or whatever, but uh, I think it's great. You know, it's definitely become our brand and I, I like the classic Jersey. I like a Jersey that says Oklahoma city on it. People forget how meaningful that was to us at the beginning of yeah. all of this. The yeah. simple gesture of having the words Oklahoma City, on as, the especially as the the road jerseys, you know, where yeah. every city they go to has <laughs> Oklahoma City plastered on the chest. Yeah. You know, the the Hornets. Um, see, nobody remembers this now, but <laughs> so the Hornets, um, when they were on the road, their jersey said New Orleans, and when they were at home, it said Hornets. Yeah, but in both instances, it's it, there was a patch that yep. said OKC on it, both home and away. And that was so important to us. Like yeah. that meant so much to you when you grew up here and you never had a major league sports team, and suddenly you had a team that at least had a patch that said that had, OKC, that had on, OKC it. on it. Yeah. And then I remember I can't remember if it was year one or two. Um, it feels like it might have been year one. Maybe the home finale. They wore a jersey that said Oklahoma, Oklahoma City on it. Yeah. <laughs> that that was the day, man. That was the day. <laughs> Again, you know, it's uh, people don't even remember that we ever had the Hornets, but but those moments were were so precious to us at that time. Definitely, definitely. So uh, we'll let you get out of here because I know you got the the kids yeah. and the wife well, to go you home to. One, and you got one more if you're just done. If there's something really good, what um, cool. <laughs> I got a fun one. I got okay. a fun All one. Right. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You ready? Oh, okay. All right. Um, Let's do this. Your answer can't be Kevin Durant, though. Okay. 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 Least favorite NBA player. Oh, well, it's Patrick Beverly. Oh, <laughs> I saw the tweet the other night. I yeah, saw the tweet the other night. He stole a championship from yep, us. Yeah, I would agree with that. He literally stole a championship from us. He stole a, He stole not just a championship. He stole a dynasty from us. Yeah. I mean, it's like I mean, he's the most evil per you know person to a thunder. That fan that team had the uh, <laughs> the highest like game differential in like the past like twenty years. You know, <laughs> they they were prime. That was they the the post Harden year. Yeah. They were ready to go. They were the one seed. They had 60 wins. They were they were ready to roll through the playoffs. And, and uh, LeBron had already gotten his title. You know, yep. he, he wasn't as hungry. We would have beaten him. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, no, it was uh, – he, he and it, and it wasn't like a basketball play. That's the, that you know it'd be yeah. one thing if like you know they were playing basketball, but he like it was you know it was a stupid thing. Just, yeah, as a timeout went, you know, and so, reckless so, did yeah, the same thing the other night against I the Clippers. Know, I know. Um, so no, that's an easy answer. I'm surprised. And, and uh, I, would, I wouldn't say KD because I'm telling you, if he ever came back here, people would forget all that at a heartbeat. Oh yeah, <laughs> there there's there's some rumblings. You know, we'll see one day. But no, I always I argue that he's gonna see. That he needs that he's that he for his real legacy, he's still clearly frustrated that people don't respect what he did. That he has to go to a team that, in its current iteration, hasn't won a title yet. Yep, 
I'm not saying like like he could go to the Lakers. It's not. He, yes, obviously they've won 20 titles, but they haven't won a title with this team. You yeah. Know? And so, uh, but that's what he. What I think he will realize he has to do. And so then he'll look after this year, I think, and maybe maybe a future year. I think he'll certainly look around and say, who's right on the edge that I could bring them to their first title in this, you know, in this era for them. And obviously the Lakers will be at that list. But how could he not look at us? We're obviously on that list as well. And so. Um, who knows what other politics go into a decision that interesting. But, you know, if you were writing it, if this were a movie, that's what he would do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But if it were a movie, when he left, James Harden would have walked into the gym and like the ball would have rolled across the court. And yeah. And he stop, and yeah. Stops it on his foot. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. He said, I got this. You yeah. Know? But, but that didn't happen because it's not a movie. So this yeah. may not happen either. I don't want to get people's hopes up. But I all I argue is. Um, even though I teased and I said something earlier about he shall not be named or whatever, there's no question that uh, it would all, you know, we it's different dynamic. I mean, it's Russ's team now. But Oh, yeah. Um, I think if he came back, yeah, people would, would welcome him back, but it's it's undeniably Russell Westbrook's team. He's yeah. he's the alpha male. He's he's the head <laughs> dog, and uh, everyone K else falls in line. One thing that you've learned about KD and following his career is that he doesn't want to be the alpha male yeah. on a team. I mean, he's almost like just came out and said it in Golden State. Like, <laughs> he likes that it's it's Steph's team, and he doesn't have yeah. to do anything, you know? Yeah, so I don't, yeah he just wants to shoot the basketball yeah. he doesn't really want to be a seems leader he's pretty daggum good at that though so <laughs> it's frustrating but he's pretty good at it <laughs> yeah all right so well we'll let you uh get home to the family and uh thunder tip off here in about a couple hours so yeah, we right. uh we got that to go home and watch you hey thanks so much for coming on with us today we really appreciate it we appreciate your time taking time out of your day and uh you That's know cool. a really unique perspective that yeah. i think uh, a lot of people uh kind of overlook is um is how the Thunder have have played this role in this city. You know, this mm -hmm. like you said, this city was totally different mm -hmm. uh, twelve twelve years ago before the Thunder got here. You know, and then if you look before the Hornets got here, is even more different <laughs> back then. And so it's uh it's definitely put the uh, put the city on the map. If you haven't checked out uh, Mayor's book, again, it is. I just lost Big it. Big League City. Big League City. You can uh, get it at Full Circle Books. That's where it is exclusively available, and you can also buy it electronically on all the usual places. Okay, there you go. So so uh, make sure you check that out. I'll make Kamiar uh, and Taylor and, and Nick get it, and we'll do a, we'll do a podcast review for you. I love we'll it. We'll, we'll make sure it's good, though. Okay? <laughs> you, can, uh, you, you can pump it through the... Uh, through the grapevine, you know, maybe run up some sales for you. <laughs> so. uh, but, hey, appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, thank you for everything you're doing for the city. You know, the Indigenous Peoples Day mm -hmm. is, a, is a really cool thing. And I, I think the, the stuff that you were saying about, you know, making the decision-making more inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to get too political on the podcast, but in, in the current political climate of, yeah, of right, right. the United States, you know, um, I think diversity and inclusiveness is is more important than ever, and yeah, so that's that's sure. really cool. And I know a lot of uh, Oklahoma City natives and uh, a lot of Thunder fans really appreciate you. So yeah, um, thanks for coming cool. on and sharing your perspective. You know, we really appreciate it. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, we will be back with you guys with another podcast soon. Um, make sure you you tweet at the mayor and and, and let him know that you appreciated this. And uh, he uh, he dropped some pretty good Thunder tweets. He called out Beverly the other night. So <laughs> you got you got to follow him. He, he he's a good follow on Twitter. So thank you guys, and as always, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns, legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.